the start, the struggles, the pain and joy. This is how you started lah podcast. Today we have got a really interesting guest because uh, she is uh, multi-talented. She is a stand-up comedian, actor, director, writer, producer, you name it. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Shamin Othman. Hello. Thanks for having me, Gajin. Hey, no worries at all. And uh, <laughs> uh, how has uh, quarantine been for you? It's been like nearly it's been 2 months it's actually. It's coming yeah. to 2 months uh, 60 days, yeah. Um I have to say the first 2 weeks were very tough. <laughs> mm. I think everyone was just getting used to and I think like with most humans you just you know adapt to it right mm. um but yeah i've been cooking a lot uh i've been doing a lot of self reflection <laughs> mm. well that's interesting yeah. i i wasn't expecting that from you because um i live uh, by myself so mm. when you spend your days alone with yourself you really have no choice but to deal with the shitty person that you are <laughs> Mm. <laughs> because That's... like other times like you go out for meetings for work so you know you distract yourself you know um mm-hmm. so i just had i i you know i see it as a i was given this gift of time during this nco to like um yala reflect on myself and my choices <laughs> That's interesting would you consider yourself like an introvert extrovert or you're more in the middle I'm in the middle Yeah. Mm. Uh yeah, in the middle. I think it's also I think it's it might be an age thing as well. Like as I, you know, got older, I just preferred to um be at home. I still like to socialize, but I prefer to do it in like smaller groups, you know. Um mm. I still like the occasional going out to a club, getting drunk and all of that. But <laughs> But I think I enjoy like um you know just being home a lot yeah yeah mm. yeah because like uh I don't see you like uh, like at the Prakash Daniel level like going around <laughs> talking to people but at the same time I know you you also do a lot of things which involves a lot of people like in film in yeah. uh, in comedy in theater and all yeah. that so yeah Prakash I guess is, more in the middle Prakash is proper YB comedy yeah <laughs> yeah we did um. Jenhan's North Bangsa at Urbanscapes a few years ago mm. and whenever we had because we we played these sort of like doctor weird doctor nurses in North Bangsa so whenever we had breaks and we would walk around everyone mm. knew Prakash and Prakash knew everyone <laughs> yeah but for those who are tuning in uh, Prakash Daniel is uh, another stand up comedian, comedian uh, so yeah. so is Jenhan which uh, Shamin yes, mentioned just yes. now yeah. but i know this is you asking me questions but i just want to ask how are you gajin how's the mco been treating you <laughs> oh it's been uh, actually i found it okay mm-hmm. because uh, whether i'm outside or you know at home i'll still find something to do but uh, i ha- i started thinking about what 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 the future like is yeah. like you know once once this uh, this quarantine is over yeah we are never going back to the same old ways you know like things will be so different with all this social distancing this hygiene and uh, but the i'm looking at a very positive standpoint yeah. like to me i i find it that in in the most difficult times is where people will rise uh, People will rise. Because, uh, yeah. People get because all these, you know, all these successful people, right? None of them had a, 
none have none of them had like an easy story. Yeah. Like you know, like Jim Carrey was in the car, he was like living in the car, and yeah. after like he was so broke, then he wrote a check, one million or certain number. Yeah. And then on a future date, and on that date, he actually got a dumb and dumber role. I think, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> yeah. So it's in toughest times, I believe. Uh, what I'm saying is, I think we should write checks. You know, so I mean, uh, write a check <laughs> of whichever movie. You want. Do that, la. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like. Um, um, I this quote has been flying around the internet um, ever since quarantine started all, mm. all over the world. I think it's by author Arundhati Roy. I'm paraphrasing mm. here, but basically mm. she's, she said like this sort of uh, quarantine period is like a portal, right? From the old normal to the new normal that we're going into. So it is like, like I said, like, you know, I've been like reflecting a lot. I don't know. I just... Uh, it could just be me, but I feel like I'm just slowly, you know, preparing myself for the new normal. You know, yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, for those of y'all, if you if you're listening right now, as I mentioned just now, Shamin is actually uh, very versatile because uh, I've I knew her through stand up comedy, and then later on I found out that uh, she's also an actor, director, writer, and producer. So, Shamin, uh, I know that you have been acting since seven years old. Yeah. And that's a very young age. We are talking about standard one now. So, how did that start from you? Like, uh, how did that start for you? Um, I guess I had a shortcut because of my father. Um, mm. He produced um, Piman Piman Tangtu and 2 Plus 1. So, every year mm. when he did the 2 Plus 1 Hari Raya episode, there's one character. He's the neighbor of... Um, the the main um, characters and so he had children so me and my siblings we played the children so every year the 2 plus 1 Hari Raya episode the three of us me, my brother and my sister we would act in it <laughs> so that's ah. how I got started but according to my dad that's not my first <laughs> acting role <laughs> I think when I was a baby I was in a MAS um safety video you know like put the <laughs> which my dad did um I see, I see. yeah but yeah so it started i guess that's when i got like the taste of acting lah you know um right yeah i have a very interesting story when i was eight he produced my dad produced and directed this tv series and mm. there was a character for a young daughter so <laughs> my dad casted me um, and we actually shot it in um, Kari Jamaluddin's uh, family home <laughs> ah that's interesting yeah because when I think when years ago when KJ started to like you know you know get into politics you know he started to like be more um, prominent my dad was like oh do you remember that TV series you acted in? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we shot that at KJ's house. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, that's when I started. And then when I was 11, 11 or 12, um, mm. my dad produced this sitcom with Aida Nerina and Sabri Yunus as the main actors. They were husband and wife. And I played the mm. daughter. So that one mm. was like one season, like it was about 13 episodes. So um, yeah, that's how I got my start. And I always did like school plays. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Like, um, you know, pe- 
in school, like every year during speech day, that was like, okay, this is my jam, yo. This is where I get to shine. <laughs> mm. Not exams, not sports. It's like speech day performances, you know. I think I was in a performance every year. Yeah. So oh, that's good to that's good to hear. But the thing is, uh, so I understand that your dad. Like I brought you into acting. Yeah. But uh, was it something that you enjoyed doing, especially at a young age when you're in primary school? Yeah, I I I really enjoyed doing. I I really enjoyed performing, mm. um, dancing and acting. I used to watch. If I watch a a movie with a dance sequence, I'll record it, memorize it rehearse it and then I put on a small show for my family so it was very much like I was like this little show child at home you know (laughs) Mm, I'm guessing Bollywood uh. not Bollywood okay so like this is very obscure and people are going to be like are you an old lady um so I don't know if you've heard of this very old school comedy duo Abbott and Costello um, Sounds familiar. Abbott, Abbott and Costello, they were very popular um, around the time as the Marx Brothers, the the Three Stooges. Mm, mm. Um, so so yeah, so like in my house, like there were all these um videos, laser discs. So I found this one film, Abbott and Costello. I think it's something day at the fun fair or at the parade, and there's this really amazing dance routine at the end, and. <laughs> I actually like memorize it and I performed it to my um to my family yeah and then oh my god and then um I watched this <laughs> like straight to TV movie about the Laker girls and at mm. the end there was the Laker girls routine and I used to like memorize and <laughs> perform it to my family <laughs> oh that's really nice huh? you're like every Asian parent's dreamer <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, you know, it's like um people always say like, Oh, you know, your your parents are very un Asian because you get to pursue, you know, the arts, right? Then I say, yeah. but they were still Asian about it. They were still like, You mm. need to excel at what you do, you know. You wanna do arts, yeah. do, but you gotta do it right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so the Asianness was still there, yeah. So every Hari Raya, you're the main actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter, she's uh, she just memorized uh, a new dance sequence. Yeah, and um, like even in school, if I remember, I was in my nashit group. <laughs> Mm. And I would come home and like, you know, sing nasheed for my family. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't think I'd like to say to my family, so sorry you had to endure all of that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay, I totally didn't know about the dancing part. Because <laughs> I myself, I like dancing and I do the same thing. I actually, not, I actually pick the dance moves that I like. Yeah. It's mostly via YouTube or movies because I watch a lot of Indian movies. Yeah. And uh, whatever dance moves that I like. I'll just uh, learn it from there and then I'll practice it when I'm free. Yeah. Did, did you do any classes or like community um, classes? No, I've never went for any classes, but I used to be active in scouts. And right. in scouts, we have got campfires. And during campfires, uh, each patrol, each team will have to do a sketch right. and a dance. Oh, cool. So these are the two. So actually, that's where it started for me, you know, in the creative side. Yeah. So uh, being active in scouts really pulled off the... Uh, uh, the creative uh, side of my brains to do things, yeah. It's so unlikely, right, that it came from scouts. 
Yeah, exactly. But now if I think back, right, I would say that core curricular activities are like so important, no? They are. In school. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for them, I think... Uh, <laughs> I think it wouldn't have developed the other side of my brain. I'd be like so stuck and exactly, rigid. yeah, yeah. Um, Sharul is a dancer. Sharul Chana for our listeners, that's another um stand-up comedian. Mm. Um, but she's very. Uh, she used to take all these Bollywood dance classes. I think that's where she and Rishi met, or like that's where their love developed. <laughs> Also another ah. comedian, guys. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so it's ve- yeah, I think it's yeah, it's very interesting to see where, you know, all of us started exploring this creative side, right? Mm. Yeah. You never did you meet any uh any hot guys no when la. you were dancing? No. <laughs> <laughs> no didn't pay up. You only met relatives. Yeah, uh. I, I was a solo show. Uh. <laughs> yeah, solo show. And what has been the biggest uh challenge for you being an actor um not believing in myself <laughs> ah. um yeah and for the longest time i've always thought like i wasn't a good actor um mm. but and i still think i wasn't a good actor i think i'm a better actor now um mm. so it it was with i think it was always that not believing in myself you know um and then two years ago I did short and sweet at KL Pack and I was the lead in one of the plays and I won best actor female category for that. Oh, that's nice. So that was a nice like okay la, you can act you know but for the longest time like I always thought like I wasn't a a good actor but all actors feel like that all actors are very insecure. <laughs> I guess that's the Asian part, uh? yeah. like being hard on yourself. Yeah, I think that's like just the active part. Do you know what I just found out? Like Courtney Cox, mm. Monica, or Friends, throughout the entire time that, you know, they showed Friends, she had never watched a single episode. And it's only now that she's watching them. Because oh. she refused, and actors are that you know they really you cannot like cannot tahan you know see themselves on screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but again, I'm not surprised you know that you have said that because like um, sometimes they may it may have an advantage by not watching yourself on screen. Yeah, like maybe you can focus on your acting more, something like that. I don't know. I think then or you you judge yourself less. You know, you are not so harsh on yourself. You come, yeah. you prepare, you do the work. If director says, okay, okay, go, you know. Um, and then maybe like 20 years later, you can revisit like, and see whether you did okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Because sometimes when you watch yourself on screen and then you may want to change things, but then your director wanted it a different way. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that's why that happens, lah, you know. Um, because the director, I mean, when you're on set, you know, direct it's the director's final say, right? Mm. Um, right. So mm. if director is okay, then okay lah. Sometimes mm. you do get the opportunity where, um, if you on a, on set, you can ask for the director. Can we just do another take? You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So usually, actors and directors have a good. Um, you need to have a good relationship. There needs to be a good um level of trust lah. Yeah. Mm. When you watch like your recorded videos of your stand-up, how do you feel? 
No, I feel very weird. It takes a lot of guts to just click play. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, once it gets going, especially if it's a good set, then yeah. Then I'll just listen. Sometimes I even laugh, you know. So that's one thing that because it's very hard to laugh at yourself because you really know the jokes. <laughs> but I guess the parts where I laugh is because I've I'm watching it not no longer as a comedian. I'm watching it uh, as an audience. Right. Like I'm part of the people sitting down. Yeah. And that, uh, yeah. So that is a nice feeling. But most of the time, it's very hard to click play. <laughs> yeah. There's one thing that I can watch without feeling like, is um, Aya, Aya videos, Aya improv. Mm. Um, because I'm, yep. I guess, I don't know why. Because when, you, when I do improv, like you're so in the moment, right? Because everything happens so fast. So you really don't get a chance to sort of like absorb what's going on, right? Um, mm. So I like watching um, recordings of our improv shows and just be like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I, I watch it not to assess it or, you know, scrutinize, but actually I, I watch it just to have fun and just to see even my friends, you know, do so well. So that's the only thing I can watch without like going, ah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that means uh, improv comedy, you're fine watching it. But stand-up, you'll have some issues watching back your plays. I think I'm like you. If it's a great set, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? If it's like a, like a so-so set, you're like, <laughs> Yeah. Mm, because like recently, like, you know Irfan Khan, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. He just uh, passed away. And I was, so I was watching some of his old interviews. Uh, yeah. And uh, so the, the interviewer asked him, about Life of Pi, yeah. that uh, he had to play the older version of a, of a like, younger actor. Yeah. And then he asked Irfan, you know, how's, how's that young actor like? And Irfan gave such a good point. He said, uh, he said the good thing about being someone, about taking in someone that has like zero experience is that uh, that person becomes very versatile and willing to be flexible to learn here and there. Mm. When you b- bring an experienced actor... All your knowledge and all your years of experience becomes like a, your limitation, like your like your cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that he brought up that point because I thought like he's because uh, uh, people have the impression that you know young actors will ha- will perform uh, worse mm. than experienced actors. But Irfan brought in a different point to say there is uh, some positivity to that. Which, uh, that's why when you said just now about the Friends thing, like she didn't watch any single episode. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, th- there's some pros there by yeah. not watching yourself on screen, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and you then you, you tend to overthink your choices as an actor. Um, mm. You overanalyze everything. And I would imagine when you work with like, you know, a really green actor or someone with zero experience, you just get like, you know, re- a really genuine kind of performance right organic um mm. i think lion the movie with dev patel lion yeah yeah that, that was brilliant that yeah. that child actor i forgot his name i think he was he's not an actor they got a boy um i don't yeah. know if you've heard of this film uh city of god which yeah is, i've heard of it but i haven't watched it yeah. so it's based on the favelas in rio and and how the kids are, you know, involved in the um, drug trade there. So they actually casted like real kids from the favela. So which I and which then they brought like very how to say a uh, very truthful performances, lah. You know, 
um, because they live in the favela, you know, they know what it's like. So, yeah, you, you, mm. um, you know, I guess there's um, pros and cons, like, you know, getting um, green actors and experienced actors. But I just wanted to add on something uh, about Irfan Han, right? Mm. <laughs> um, I think I kind of want a career like his. <laughs> In the sense where, I mean, you know, when he passed away, like my news feed on Facebook, on Twitter, so many of my friends were like, oh, you will be missed, you will be missed, loved you in this and that. Yeah. And, you know, he's not someone where, like, everyone shouts about, like, oh, I love Irfan Han, I love Irfan Han. You know, he's not glamorous or what. But he Correct. just consistently does good work. And in the end, everyone remembered. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, I I I want that you know you just want to continue to just keep doing work and you know when you when you're gone people just remember the good work people don't remember anything you know people don't remember anything else about him the any gossip or what people just remember him for the work that he does yeah mm. yeah I guess he's one of those underrated actors because he didn't <clears throat> see the thing about being an being in Asia right yeah. like I said in the beginning like everyone uh, Asia is pretty cheesy if you ask me. <laughs> You know, you 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 want to hit the mass crowd. You got to be. Uh, you got to play their frequency. So like, yep. I watch a lot of Indian movies, right? It's always uh, there's always going to be a fight scene. Yep. Not all, yep. but now the the newer movies they've reduced that. Mm-hmm. And in the fight scene, there's going to be a machete and there's going to be blood. <laughs> then after that, it's it's going to be a bit uh very loud and colorful, which is okay. But then uh, if you look at Irfan Khan's movies, right? Yeah. I recently I watched uh, Lunchbox and Talva. Yeah. So Lunchbox is like a sort of like a love story. Yeah. And uh, Talva it's like a it's a crime it's a crime movie. Yeah. And both movies I'll be honest with you internationally uh, it's up there you know I'll give yep. you like a nine or a ten. Yep. Like even it's way better than Hollywood movies you know and it's no cheesiness at all. Yeah. And after that my my respect for Irfan just shot up the roof you know. Yeah. Because if you look at like like yeah, Indian actors you normally get the the you know the King Khan's uh, Shah Rukh Khan, yep. Salman Khan, and Amir Khan. Okay, yep. Amir Khan is great, but I find uh, Salman Khan and Shah Rukh Khan a bit too uh, what do you call it? They are more towards style. Uh. They yeah, have their yeah. own style, you know. Like uh, they see them as a hero, but not Irfan. Yeah, he just goes there, he does his work, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, uh. definitely, he's definitely not um like the Shah Rukhs and the Ritiks and you know. But yeah. Bollywood has evolved so much. You the masala films are still doing well, but they've opened. You know they've introduced the the audiences to better films like Lunchbox, the non masala films. You know, yeah. Um, but still somehow manage to maintain their Bollywood identity. Like for example, Dangle. It's very, yeah. you know, a straight, you know, story based on a true story, you know, very dramatic, mm. but they still, they must have the song. <laughs> yeah. So you still the get, a, fine, yeah. you still get, uh, you know, some songs, but they've, they've really developed um, all these kind of films, you know. Um, mm. There's another one you should watch, so Gully Boy. Mm. Um it's about the like I guess you could say like underground hip hop scene in India. Um, I see. It's shot really really well because I don't understand um Hindi or Urdu, 
So, so you see Ranveer Singh rapping a lot. Um, yeah. But I feel like because I was reading subtitles, I feel like if I understood Hindi, like there would be more impact because I'm reading subtitles, like the translation. Um, mm. So I was like, okay lah, the rapping is okay. But when I read reviews and all of that, they were um, praising the rapping. So I think you gotta like understand the language to like really appreciate the rapping. But it's mm, done definitely. so well, yeah. But yeah, you should check out all the. I would say they are new new genre films, <laughs> non masala films. Yeah. Yeah, I I've been uh ever since like uh, Irfan passed away, so I've been like reading a lot about him. And uh, last week, guys, uh, the time when I watched the Talva and uh, Lunchbox. Yeah. Lunchbox, and it was uh brilliant. It's nice to see, because I'm not a fan of all that uh, typical cheesy things. Like I said, you know, like even the commercials here. Yeah. Like last year when I started acting, I was like really shocked by. <laughs> what the directors ask me to do and i understand they are they are literally messengers for their clients yeah sometimes the clients want oh i want my commercials to be loud and yep. in the face yeah you know there was once i went for her i went for a casting uh went for audition right yep uh, and then because because i'm a mix and uh sometimes people will mistaken me as a malay so the first question the uh, the guy asked is uh very sorry to ask this but uh are you here for the indian role or the malay role <laughs> And then after that, I say, I'm here for the Indian role. And this guy said, okay, Gajan, uh, here's the vacuum cleaner. What does the Malay character get, right? That's not, I don't know. I, I don't know. Probably a bank loan or something. Is this in your <laughs> so, set? No, you I, should, I'm going to write. You yeah, should, yeah. You I am going to write, yeah. <laughs> and then if I play a Chinese character, okay, Gajan, yeah, you're now like the manager of a bank. Like... <laughs> <laughs> now that the Malay the Malay actor will come in with the loan, loan and the Indian yeah. guy will be cleaning your room. <laughs> <laughs> now that's Malaysia for you. And so many commercials. Okay, not all. Okay, so I'm proud to say that there are some clients who are like to really they're really up there by saying, you know, I don't care what color is my actor. I just want them to deliver this in my they deliver this message yeah, yeah. in my commercial. So yeah. th- some clients I really respect them. Yeah. But I'll be honest with you, majority they are still what one fair skin. Uh, yeah. Must be cheesy in the face, loud. There definitely so, yeah. needs to be an overhaul uh, in um, race representation in our media. <laughs> Mm. I'm dying to be Minister of Information, you know. The minute I become, I'm changing everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's it's about time we have everyone on our screens. No more all this typecasting, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, times have changed. Times have changed since, since when my dad started doing TV shows. And today when I meet people around I would say maybe 5 to 10 years older than I am mm. if I tell them who my dad is and I'm talking about non-Malaysia they know my dad's series and films um, they watched it and but today you couldn't say the same thing you you know that you, that's true so I do wonder what happened you know yeah um that's a good point, huh? yeah. Like I know Pimai Pimai Tang too, but if you ask me a current series or current show in Malay, I I really don't know. Exactly, and in Pimai Pimai 
he had a an Indian character, a Chinese character. Hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, today, you know, if you're woke, you will say that it's like tokenism, you know. But back then, you know, he he always felt like, you know, you need to see these people in your um in your series, right, on TV. Correct. Yeah. Um. When my when my friend took her aunties to watch Ola Bola musical. Mm. She was telling me her aunties came out on the theater and was like, "Eh, mana orang jumpa pelakon Cina, pelakon India?" Because <laughs> the aunties only watch the Malay series, right? Yeah. Um. So we really need to see more of this, you know, um, more multiracial cast. Correct. Um, you know what's the issue? The thing is, see, people like you and me. We, as individuals, uh, we don't really care if you're working with, uh, say, uh, majority uh, Malays, majority yeah. Chinese, Indian, yeah. or gender. We don't really care because we look at skills and attitude. Yes. But but you have to remember that people like us, are, we are a minority, minority at, like, say, yeah. level three. <laughs> level two is where representation happens. And level one is where people, uh, the one like you said, uh, the aunties will say, hey, where, how come that race uh, managed to act? Because yeah, yeah. I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. I got to know about this when I was doing, uh, when I was hosting a stand-up show. Yeah. It was in 2018, and one of the biggest movies of 2018 is Black Panther, lah. Because yeah. you get a nearly all black uh, cast. All cast, all black cast. So yeah. I I asked this to the crowd. I say, how many of y'all here like Black Panther? And uh, majority say who, and a few fellas say no. Now it's okay to say no because personally, I'm okay with Black Panther. I wouldn't say it's great. Yeah. But then I asked this guy. I say, what? How come you don't like Black Panther? And this guy's reason. This during a comedy show. Yeah. This guy said, uh, too many black actors. <laughs> And I'm like, that's not a good reason, right? If you say maybe the graphics wasn't up to the normal Marvel standards, I get it. But yeah. too many black actors, no. And this one really struck me because for me, if you look at a stand-up comedy crowd, generally most of them are in the intellectual level. They are normally higher than average, right? Not you can't get a regular Joe to go uh, watch a stand-up comedy show. Normally, lah, if you look at the people, they are they are not like the ones that uh, will do all the silly stuff at a at a, like a, a concert. You know, concerts, you get a much wider demographic. Yeah. So, when this guy said that, I, I went back home and I realized, you know what, then that's why Black Panther, Black Panther may be just a good movie for me, but in terms of importance, it is like one of the most important movies of all time. Yeah, yeah. Because it is so important to tell the whole world, hey, look, it's all right to, to you know, to see colored people on screen, majority and all yeah. that. So, that one really opened up my mind uh, that ever since that incident and during that show. And speaking of like important films, you know, you mentioned, you know, um, Black Panther, all black cast, important yeah. film. Um, mm. I think recently, I felt like Parasite was such an important film. Um, yeah. I actually have a question specifically on that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe... Maybe I'll ask you because since you're already on this topic. Yep. Okay, before... Okay, Parasite... Okay, you, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. When Parasite was nominated, yep. you can call me biased and as an Asian. I remember telling you Kieran because he's a movie buff guy. Yeah. This is exactly what I told him. By the way, for the listeners, Kieran is a, another, another stand-up, stand-up <laughs> comedian. Yeah. Most of the names that we mentioned are probably a comedian yeah. or probably in the entertainment line. Yeah. Yep. So I told him that I won... Parasite to win 
just to open the doors to like the asian movies you know yeah. to 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 make sure that you know hey look there are asian movies that are better than hollywood movies yeah. it's just that it needs more marketing it needs more publicity yeah and when the mo- and i watched parasite like uh, just two months back and it was brilliant yeah so i wanted to ask you with parasite winning the oscars like it's the first foreign film right yes first to win foreign best film movie. to win best picture yeah what do you think what do, how do you think this will impact the film industry worldwide and also for asia i okay how do i construct my answer i for, okay so when parasite won um as a as a i would say an aspiring filmmaker um being asian writing asian stories i always felt like our stories our experiences even our language is always considered um the you know we're always the victim of othering right um there's hmm. white films and then there's everything else that's not you know or there's not a hollywood <laughs> film you know exactly yeah, yeah. plain truth right there so when, when you know when parasite won um i i was very happy cuz obviously asian pride and it's mm. that is and it's it, the movie is in full korean you know uh, yep. it was a very korean film um so i i appreciated that it didn't have to sacrifice its korean identity um mm. i don't know i think i really think this will be a big shift compared to when like crouching tiger hidden dragon um were won best um i think they won best international film or that or that there was a year where they were nominated it was mm. still considered like um again like tokenism right but yeah. with parasite winning it's kind of saying like look there are other films outside of hollywood there are uh, better films um so i think it was kind of like <laughs> because like outside of hollywood and i think bong joon ho said it in some of his interviews where he said the oscars they're not an international festival you know it's very local it's very mm. much about mainly american films and then you get your handful of like british films but other festivals are very international you know you're competing with like the best of europe the best of asia southeast asia um right. so it will definitely it, I think it has already opened doors towards um um Asian stories uh, Asian creators um mm. and I think now as Asian creators it's our responsibility to do work that is very very Asian and stick to our identity stick to our language stick to the way we speak and be proud of our stories you know you don't always have to um pander to what hollywood wants you know um correct and i think <laughs> so like so another asian power film was crazy rich asians right mm so that was sort of you know that was in english that was very glamorous the treatment of it was very hollywood rom-com you know so it was very palatable um for um western audiences mm. um with parasite just the language alone was already that was 
a hurdle that the westerners had to you know overcome right the yeah. the language and watching it with subtitles and i think from now on we should just you know continue to do that i remember like a few years ago i was at mmu in johor i mm. did a sharing session with uh, the film students and at the end this one student came up to me and then he was like oh, you know, my English is not good, so what's your advice when I, you know, write my scripts? And I'm like, why do you have to write in English? So, what, you know, what's your language? And then I think he, it was either Cantonese or Mandarin, and I said, then write it in your language, right? Um, be proud of your mother tongue. And um, so to answer your question, <laughs> how will Parasite change? I think it will definitely open up uh, the world to more Asian content, yeah, Asian stories, yeah. Mm. It's already we've already had all these great Asian stories, so maybe people are paying more attention to us, lah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. I think what you gave a good point on Crazy Rich Asians and Parasite. Yeah. Because the Crazy Rich Asians, it still has that. Uh, it's still garnished with the Hollywood. Yes. Elements, yeah. Yes. Whereas with Parasite, it's a full on. Asian movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing as Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. Right? When Slumdog Millionaire won, I'll be honest with you, I'm happy to see like a movie with brown people like being there on screen. Yeah. But the but the other part is like, uh, I've watched like uh, Tamil or Hindi movies that have uh, <laughs> way better movies than that. So that's the, yeah. that's on the flip side. Yeah. And so, at the end of the day, Slumdog is still, you know, Danny Boyle, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, if a film like Dangal won, I would be so happy with, you know, a full-on, you know, Indian team, Indian um, story. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I think, you know, Hollywood isn't the <laughs> be-all and end-all. Um, but it is, it is, it is. I mean, they've established themselves as like, you know, obviously <laughs> a big, uh, a very thriving industry but um you know there's you know there are other things beyond hollywood you know that um if you're a creator that you can um, strive for yeah it's nice mm. i think i i mean like you know even like um bong jun ho <laughs> throughout the award season he was just like uh throwing shade at all the <laughs> festivals but also kind of like okay they are acknowledging us so that's good you know um which is kind of like a good attitude you know yeah uh, playing uh have. the pull and push kind of style yeah like, yeah yeah you know, bring, bring the message out there at least is uh yeah transparent uh. yeah I, I i know for for like you know the you know all this um like the parasite team it's like we do we've done our work it's Korean. We've stayed true to our Korean identity and now we just want to share it with the world and hey, oh my God, everyone likes it. That's that's great, you know. I think for them, it's just a case of that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So the, that's why you mentioned about language. You brought up a good point because like for me, right, as a, as a viewer, yeah. now you can speak two languages which is sad for a Chindian. <laughs> and the thing is, uh, my even though my, my mom is Chinese, she was actually uh, adopted by Indian parents. Mm. So my mother can actually speak Tamil. Mm-hmm. My father can speak Tamil. He can speak Hindi as well because he studied in North India. Right. So both of my parents they watched a lot of uh, they watched a lot of uh, Indian movies. Uh. most of them were Tamil, some were Hindi. Yeah. But me being someone who can only understand English and Malay, 
it uh, language has never been a barrier for me as a movie watcher you know yeah and then when i was in secondary school i was heavily active in scouts mm-hmm. and like 90% of my scouts friends were chinese yeah so sometimes they'll bring me uh they'll say hey we're going to watch a chinese movie do you want to follow or not and i'm like okay i'll just follow so i'll be watching cantonese movies and language has never been a barrier you know and my indian friends they get really shocked when i tell them that i watch tamil movies like in the early 90s but gaji you don't understand i say yeah la subtitles la. yeah yeah so uh, to me it's not a it's not something uh mind blowing for me at, at this moment but i wish the world would view things like me yeah. where language is no longer because movies language is the least important i mean not say least important it shouldn't be the main factor yeah. of why you should watch a movie like i watch narcos i don't understand a single spanish <laughs> and it's i enjoyed it yeah so, language shouldn't be a barrier if you ask me to be honest malaysians have mm. a very wide um vocabulary of tv and film from a very young age we've all watched our bollywood movies panggung sabtu our 6 pm chinese drama um yeah. and then over the years you get your pinoy dramas you get your indonesian dramas you get your k dramas so we've Malaysians have become Asians I think in general are very open to watching you know stuff in other language you know we're so used to um you know reading subtitles um so that kind of like backfires for like Malaysian creators because Malaysian audiences are so exposed to all these different content from different countries so we always have to like you know try and you know match match them you know match the quality yeah Hmm. But I guess it's uh in a way you I guess you'll push you'll push like creative people locally yeah to say hey you know what that's the international standard let me let me uh let me push harder. push harder. But of course if let's say the local audience if if they're being biased for example we have a locally made movie or product service whatever yeah and uh, the local audience be like oh, you know what I I'll still go for international then they're just pure bias yeah but if something locally if something that's local has been done well then i think it needs to be uh, given credit right like you know yuna just appeared in uh, new york yeah the billboard time billboard point. and all that and it's just amazing she's even appeared on late night shows yeah and uh You know, that's just uh, it. Just shows uh, that Malaysia. You know, we can really go international if we want to. We can. We have the talent pool, and you know, the sad thing is that um, our industry is being overlooked, majorly, 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 majorly overlooked. The potential that we have is being overlooked. Um, yeah. And I I think like you know people don't realize I was going to write this on my Facebook status I think like during week three of MCO where mm. I was going to say something like um you know once this is all over please go support you know live shows comedians plays bands um because. You know the arts kind of you know kept you company during the MCO, right? You watch Netflix, you listen to music, and you're probably Correct. thinking like, "Oh, okay, if I go watch a play at KL Pack, like that's not the same thing as me watching Netflix. Like you're not giving me the same thing." But people don't realize, you know, if you 
let's just say there's a play at KL Pack and the person who wrote the play is like this, you know, aspiring writer. And if you keep supporting local work, you keep supporting local talent, it just gives them more encouragement to keep on working. And who knows, one day they might end up getting their own um, TV series, you know. Um, yeah. you, you have to look at the bigger picture at it. Yeah. Correct. That's why, like, to me, even as an audience, right, I would rather see someone in the beginning so that at least I as an audience, I can say when the guy goes big, he or she, whoever, who, you know, makes it big, I can say, hey, you know what? I was there in the beginning when yeah. he or she was, like, really small. Yeah. And as an audience, I think it, it feels great. That's why, like, sometimes I know, like, the comedy regulars yeah. who, like, watch open mics and all that, who keep supporting, who is, like, really involved in comedy. Yeah. I have a lot of uh, respect for them. Uh, yeah. You know, for that. I, I think, yeah. like, it, um, when you come and watch our shows, you know, you pay your ticket, we get a cut from it, and we get to survive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We get to, you know, because of what we do, we get, we get to survive, we get to spend time working on new things, creating new things. So... People need to understand, like, when you're coming to watch our show, you're not really just <laughs> paying for that show. You're also paying for us to sort of, like, create more. You know what I mean? The bigger Correct. picture. The big, you're, you're really contributing to the, the, the entire, like, entertainment ecosystem. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, uh, as a film director, would you want to, like, stay here and, like, prosper or given a chance would you want to move to Hollywood or sort of like both move there and then maybe come back here do a few <laughs> things and go back there which one are you um okay firstly I always call myself aspiring director <laughs> um but um you're, you're too hard on yourself Shamin like <laughs> <laughs> no because I've only done short films I haven't done my feature yet yeah. but mm. um uh, I think with the MCO and, you know, a lot of people in the TV and film industry, in the arts, were slowly realising how, you know, shit, man, we're being overlooked. And really, a bit, I'm feeling a bit, like, disheartened by it all. Um, I, I like, you know, like, I mentioned how, you know, Parasite will, you know, it's now opening doors to, like, more Asian content. Um, yeah. So, if I, if I leave... Malaysia, maybe I might move somewhere regionally, like maybe Singapore or Indonesia, where you know they really sort of <laughs> care more about you know um, making films, sending them to festivals. Really, Singapore as well. Singapore as well. Um, oh. in Singapore, so Singapore Arts Council they give out grants. Um, the films that they make, they know like Singaporeans won't watch, because <laughs> Singaporeans mm. majority will still just watch Hollywood films, but they do give out a lot of money to filmmakers to make their films, and their films have gone to Cannes. Um, three years ago, there was a Singaporean film, The Apprentice. Did you watch it? No. Oh my god. Gajin, if you can watch The Apprentice, it's a, a yeah. Singaporean film. Mm. It went to Cannes. 
it had like a seven minute standing ovation as well, like Parasite oh, did. Oh wow! Um, okay. Ilo Ilo was another Singaporean film that went to um Cannes. I think it won some like special awards. So the Singaporean government they realized, okay, if we make films, Singaporeans will not watch it, but we make good enough films to go to festivals and win awards. So that's sort of like soft power, lah, you know. So, you know, in the festival circuit, people talk about Singapore. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, they did Apprentice, they did Ilo Ilo. So people know Singapore as, you know, a country that, you know, good films come out from. Yeah. So that's the difference, lah, I have to say. Oh, I, I wasn't expecting you to say Singapore and Indonesia at all. <laughs> yeah, um, Singapore, Indonesia. Have you heard of Joko Anwar? No. So, read up on him. Uh, Joko Anwar is an amazing Indonesian filmmaker. Um, mm. He's known for like doing long periods of pre-production. Um, mm. So, his shooting period is very short, you know, very... um. Uh, very tight, so you know, very cost effective. He recently just created his own superhero universe. Um, he launched, he did his first film, Gundala. Gundala, the character is a superhero from the 80s, I think it's a TV show. So he mm. changed it, you know, make it more uh, dashat lah, a very Marvel esque kind of a superhero, and he created. This entire universe, when he launched Gundala, he launched these characters as well. Introduced them to the Indonesian audiences. So he's got like, I don't know, six, eight films coming up of all these um superheroes, you know. He created his own Indonesian superhero universe. Yeah. So... Oh, I'll check it out. Yeah. So Indonesia, Thailand, they do have a, quite a thriving uh, cinema culture. And I think it boils, it goes back to their national language. Um, it's very strong. Um, mm. So yeah. the national identity is much stronger lah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Actually, you know, like uh, about four years ago, I started writing my goals uh, on a piece of paper. Yeah. And uh, when I want to achieve them. So one of the goals that I wrote was uh, by 2022, I think, yeah, 2022, I will start my own TV series. There'll be a hit in Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's uh, that's going to be on pause for now. Because you know why? I I don't really watch series unless they're really funny. Yeah. Or they really catch me in a different way, like Narcos. Because it's based on a true story, even though it's exaggerated. But at least I'm like gaining general knowledge mm-hmm. and it was shot well. So like my favorite series like in terms of comedy is The Office. Yeah. And I ask myself like, hey, if I... If I was thinking, hey, can we have like a local one called, you know, like Pajabat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. It'll have a nice scene because you got so much of uh, diversity. Yeah. And people can relate going to work and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's something where Malaysians can hold on to. Yeah. Like like uh, like the same vibe as Pochukang did in the nineties. Like in the nineties, like I remember, was going to school. The teachers, the teachers will actually say, oh, after this, I can't wait to go back. I'll be watching Pochukang. <laughs> why Why can't it be the same for a Malaysian, yeah. uh, Malaysian series? Like, I mean, like, as of this time and now, right? Yeah. At this point of time, yeah. I think we can. I just... I think overlooked, I would say. It do, is do overlooked. 
and I don't understand, I honestly do not understand the reluctance of stations and wanting to try this, you know. Um, yeah. Like, even... <sighs> Like two years ago, this is this 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 experience was is a bittersweet experience, right? When I produced Sedap Nya Mulut, right? Mm. It was Malay and English um, comedians from all races, mm. um, and I was so excited about it. And the initial response from Astro Day was so excited about it. And I don't know what happened. They 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 just became scared of it, you know, to want to um promote it aggressively, you know, um uh, because when we had the first previews, um, it seemed like they were very passionate about it, you know, very passionate about you know marketing it, and then it kind of like um fizzled out. Um, so I don't really, I really, 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 really. Do not understand why all across, you know, from RTM to TV3 to Astro, why are we not fighting for more um, more new content, you know? And when I say new content, I mean more multiracial content. Content that looks like us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's sad, huh? Yeah. I, mean... I, I feel, my, my theory is like, Astro separated us, Astro divided us. <laughs> because if you think uh, for the longest time, uh, TV1, TV2, TV3, that, yeah. those were the only three channels. Mm. So you, everyone watched the channel, right? Before you watch your Malay drama, there's your Chinese drama. Mm-hmm. And then before your Chinese drama, there's your three-hour Bollywood movie. And then yep. Astro came and it was like, okay, Malays, these are your channels. Chinese, Walatoy, Indian, Vanaville. It was like, oh, okay, we're being separated, you know. Where else for so many years, everyone was just watching, you know, these three main channels. Everyone's shows was were on there. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, now, if let's say I was in charge of uh, TV1, TV2 or say Astro. Yeah. I will do like what TV1 and 2 did, but except that uh, randomly on different days, I'll just switch the times. Yeah. So like at 6 o'clock, oh, you stayed up for a Chinese show, bam, here's a Malay show. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, but it is really about one person wanting to change things. I watched this documentary on a plane once. I forgot what it was called. It was about female representation in Hollywood Mm, uh, mm. female directors female centric stories and you know in the past years there's been a lot of discussions about this and a few years ago the CEO of FX channel um, yeah. he realised all these conversations were going on and he made the call okay you know what we're going to commission more female centric stories uh, more stories about minorities uh, more L- LGBT friendly content and FX has just boomed since then you know they're catching all these sort of like niche um, new audiences and and the CEO is not even a woman you know <laughs> it's a white guy mm. you know um, mm. but it, it really it really takes one person to just change things and it's very sad that no one has no one 
no one wants to change it, you know. They still want to keep the Malay audiences separate, the Chinese audiences separate, Indian audiences separate. Mm. And, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. But you have right, to make yeah. the decision to do it, you know. Uh, yeah. I guess this is where I feel that there should be more people like me. Yeah. You know, like, I don't give a shit about language. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, it's a blessing. It's not that... Because people say, Gajan, you're a coconut, banana, and all that. Yeah, but on the plus side, when it comes to all the movies, language was never my requirement. Yeah. You know, if I read a review, I if I see Rotten Tomatoes, you know, IMDb, I see a 9 or a 10, I don't care what language I'm watching. Exactly, it. yeah. <laughs> viewers think that way, you know, more, more the content rather than language. Language, yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay, uh, for stand-up, so you started in 2011 at Time Out. Yeah. So what made you want to jump on the stage and tell jokes? <laughs> like from acting to telling jokes? Uh, I don't know. Like, I was encouraged by my friends. They said, hey, you should try. Um. Mm. It was Roshin actually. Roshin used to manage Rizal, Kavin, and Pat. She used to work with Ycom. Oh. Yeah. So Roshin was, yeah, Roshin was a friend of mine. Uh, mm. so we hung out a lot and then she was like, Oh, you should try and do um the timer open mic. You do three minutes. So I did it. I got all my friends to come. Um so I did it, and then I did it a second time. Mm. Uh, the second time, Joanne came because I I I did a play with Joanne before. So when I did my second open mic, I texted her. I was like, "Can you come? Like, you know, I want your feedback, right?" <laughs> and then she came. Yeah. I I I thought I bombed that night, but she thought I did okay. <laughs> so then she um asked me to open for her. She did like this small club show with uh Jake Murat was part of the lineup as well. So she was like, come and open for me. I'm like, okay, cool. So I worked with her on like a seven-minute set. Um and then in terms of like continuing, um it was people like Jen Han and Chi Ho who were like, keep doing it, keep doing it because we need female comedians. Um, so yeah, and I just, I, I, I kept doing it. Yeah. And what I enjoy about doing stand up is compared to everything else that I do is I have full creative control of what I do. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's one of those platforms uh, where you can be fully transparent Yes, and you can get away with it because, well, it is a joke, yeah. but then again, you sent a message. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, <laughs> it's kind of like. You 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 bear your soul, um. But at the end of the day, it's up to the audience whether they want to believe whether it's real or not, right? Um, yeah. Whether it's real or not, is you know only you know, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Too. Okay, and uh, being in a, being in film, and in stand up and theater and all that. Okay, this part I want to talk about gender because yeah. uh, I want to go deep. Uh, has there been any challenges in terms of uh, gender being in a male-dominated industry? And what were the biggest challenges you faced? Uh, like everything, like stand-up, directing, 
Uh, yeah, you can you can, you can pick one or two. With okay, with theater, theater is a bit okay. The problem with mm. theater is, um, there are so many plays with male characters and so few plays with female characters, but there are more female actors than there are <laughs> male actors. Um, ah. Yeah, so that's the challenge. But, you know, it's pretty much, I would say here in Malaysia, it's, um, it's quite a equal sort of um, uh, playing field. Um, in stand-up, I guess, you know, the, the business of being funny, right? Where it's been dominated by men. Mm. Um, challenges? I think... I think the challenges is for me when I started was the yeah. there were times where it was a bit difficult for audiences to uh accept my dirty jokes because I was a woman but yeah has, I guess people judge her. yeah but it has yeah. changed over the years Correct, yeah. Um, and, we, you know, we're seeing more and more female comedians. Um, so that was a challenge. Um, mm. In terms of, like, you know, in the community and all of that, I do find, like, um, female comedians, we kind of, like, have to look out for each other, you know? Um, mm. And I think, I, and, and I think, like, we, we do that. Um yeah, but it has changed, lah. I really, I really feel like it has changed in the past two, three years. I think the male comics are um, inviting the female comics more to like be part of the lineup. Mm, um, yeah. So it's it's changing. I think, yeah, it's changing to be a female comic in in Malaysia. Yeah. There's still I think if for new for girls who wanna like, you know, try out, there's still like hesitance. It's it's very intimidating. But yeah. it, forever to whoever who's listening to this and who wants to try out, if you're a woman, like do it, you know? Um I think it's quite a supportive um environment right now. Um but I do I wouldn't say all lah. As in like not everyone is aware of female comedians. Um, yeah. You know, they still get overlooked sometimes, but it's changing lah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, because <clears throat> I had this conversation with another comic mm-hmm. and uh, I was like asking myself, why isn't there a lot of uh, female comics? And I think one of the reasons is because, you see, like stand-up requires like to go up on stage and tell jokes and uh, which is a very big risk. Yeah. And I think when it comes to r- taking risk, I think men are bigger risk takers compared to women because women tend to think more. They tend to say, hey, you know what? I got to take care of my image. I got, they do more uh, analyzing. Whereas men is like, ah, I don't think much. If I want to do it, I just do it. Yeah. Uh, patriarchy. <laughs> but, yeah. but no, but also because... For a female comedian, mm. before she goes on stage, she's already, before she starts her set, she's already, you know, in her battle. She's already battling that 
notion which has been going on for so many years that women are not funny. So your host introduces, okay, our next, uh, and you know, hosts used to do this a lot. I know some of them still do, but when I started, you know, a lot of people used to do it. They're like, okay, our next comedian is a woman, is a female comedian. So people in the audience already, you know, for, for so long who think like, okay, you know, uh, you know, female comedians are not funny. So if you're a female comedian, you really know, okay, you know, people are, you know, are already thinking that. So I have to like, beat that you know whereas you know if you're mm. a guy you, you don't mm. have to deal with that you don't have to deal with years and years of people saying guys are not funny um but the that stereotype of what female comics not being funny yeah. like is that common yeah among audience because i don't know like for me i'm not saying as a stand-up comedian even i'm saying as like a like a guy who watches uh, whatever like you call it like comedy films or stand-up yeah. that has never occurred to me you get what I mean? I just look at the person as an individual. Yeah. But do you feel the audience think that way? The majority of the audience, they 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 segregate male and female? Not, not anymore. We used to. We used ah. to. Um, I feel... This is just my observation, yeah? Okay. Um, okay, we look at the generation of like stand-up comedians. You have the that generation of Aflin, Harith, Douglas, Joanne, right? Yep. And then the next generation was Rizal, Kevin, Zach, mm. and then Jin Han, Chiho. Yep. And then it's our generation, you, me, Prakash, Brian. Um, yep. So I would say the stand-up scene just started growing um, around Rizal's batch, right? With the yep. club shows and all of that. Correct, yeah. Um, so that's when we were already developing our comedy audiences. Um, so when there were more female um, audiences um, doing stand-up, I think, so as the audiences grew, our female comedians also grew. So that's why I said, like, lately I find, like, um, there isn't that 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 notion that women are not funny anymore. I feel our stand-up comedy audiences, when they started watching stand-up comedy, they were already seeing um funny female like good female comedians, you know. So um I would say over the years, like maybe did they believe in like female comedians, you know? They 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 don't they no longer think like, oh, you know. Uh, female comedians are not funny. Yeah, yeah. So I, mm. I, but I, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I can't say for like you know how it is in America or in yeah. in London, in Australia, whether there's still the idea that you know um, women are not funny. Um, yeah. I think it's something got to do with education as well, because like for example, if let's say I were to watch a comedy show, right? Let's say it's all female lineup. Yeah. And let's just say the show was bad. I'm not going to say that, you know, female comics are not funny. I'm just going to say, well, the show was bad. Nah. Yeah. You know, why would someone just generalize over like a small data sample? Like, <laughs> you've got 7 billion people in the world, right? Yeah. Like, you're going to take a few people and say like, what, do you, like women are not funny? Yeah. So, yeah. I think education plays a point, like upbringing. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that's why I asked you just now about the stereotype. Because in my whole life, I've never <laughs> believed in that stereotype. And I was wondering if people think that way. Like, it's weird. I guess... Uh, Upbringing plays a role. But like, I don't know. I 
I do feel maybe sometimes female comedians are scrutinized more. Um, for mm. example, this is my own experience. Lah. I think I'll share yeah. like two experiences about being mm. a female comedian in, in a pool of male comics. Um, so I, I did a show, this was like maybe five years ago, did a show, killed it, um, got off stage, went backstage, and this other male comedian said to me, did you lift your skirt up? Because that's why they were laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, what the heck? Were, were these local or international comics? This comic was local, but he was in Malaysian. Okay. Um, it was that that moment where you're like two minutes later. Then only you thought of a comeback, right? <laughs> so that was a uh, bit of a you know what the fuck moment for me. Yeah. Um, and then there was this other time where this comedian said to me like, um, I think he had just gone to like the Melbourne Comedy Festival, and you know we're just talking about it, and then he said something like, um. Oh, but is, yeah, she's a comedian. Uh, she's he was talking about this, you know, female comedian, Aussie female comedian, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, she's great, she's funny, uh, but she's not uh like she doesn't talk lah about sex, sex in a very like, you know, like putting down like sex jokes kind of comedian, you know." Yeah. Um. And I guess you know sometimes people say things they don't realize like how their words can affect you. But that really affected me for a while. Um. Mm. Because you know my set is I would say ninety five percent just adult jokes, right? Yeah. And but for me it's like well fuck it lah. That's that's my jokes. That's my jokes lah. You know. Yeah. Um. Stand up. There's no. There's no like topic. Uh, restrictions for stand-up. That's the whole point of stand-up. Uh. And there's space you for everyone, it. you know? Yeah. There's space for every, you know, if she's a female comic who does political stuff, great. If she's a female comic that does, like, observational stuff, that's great, you know? There's space mm. for everyone without having to, like, knock, um, knock other comedians, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a good point that you brought up. Yeah. Okay, uh, Charmaine, we are now at the last part of the podcast. Okay. Now, for every podcast episode, I have this <clears throat> this uh, section called uh, Just Answer Lah. So basically, I ask you questions, like quick fire questions. Yep. It's either A or B. There's no right or wrong. Okay. Okay. So let's uh, let's start off. First one, uh, Steven Spielberg or Quentin Tarantino? Steven Spielberg. Leonardo DiCaprio or Christian Bale? Christian Bale. Emma Watson or Emma Stone? Emma Watson. Charlie Theron or Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock. Adidas or Nike? Adidas. Kate Spade or LV? Kate Spade. Ali Wong or Eliza? Shira Zinger. Ali Wong. If you could work with any movie director, who would it be? Bong Jun ho <laughs> <laughs> Okay, last one. If you could open for any stand-up comedian in the world, who would it be? <laughs> but that's a long pause. Huh? Yeah, man. You gotta be quick. Who would it be? Oof. 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 
Oh, ah, shit. Really, you don't have like a like a top three favorite comedians. I have a lot of my favorite comedians, but who 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 is that one that you like have to do right? Yeah. Oh. Uh, <sighs> do you know who I really really liked, but now I cannot like anymore? <laughs> Luisa, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I'm glad my top comedian still hasn't done anything <laughs> like that. My favorite is Jim Gaffigan. Okay. I, I don't know whether you know him. So he's not as famous. He's not the Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris I know Jim Gaffigan, yeah. But he... One thing I like about him is he's clean, you know. Yeah. He doesn't use any vulgarity. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. do any sex joke. And that is very rare in America. Yeah. So I'm just praying that he doesn't do anything like stupid. You know, the typical Hollywood scandal shit. So, so far, I would love to open for him. But when you say someone you love and not anymore. Louis <laughs> CK, right? So diplomatic. Right? Yeah. The thing is, it's like, he could have redeemed himself if he had just been very apologetic. But yeah. instead, he's like, you know. Um, so yeah, I guess if he hadn't done all this creepy stuff, I would, I would have, you know, want to open for Louis CK. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder the long pause. Okay, okay, now I get it. <laughs> yeah, thinking, hey, but he's a good comic. But hey, the creepiness. Should I open like <laughs> yeah, yeah. backstage? What happened? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no wonder, like you had a hard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Louis C.K., yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that's Hollywood. Uh. And it's not only like one, you know, like so many cases with other celebrities. That's just sad. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, It's, it's, I think for so long, it was part of the Hollywood culture. Lah. I remember when I was younger and, you know, I told my dad like, oh, I want to like act, whatever, you know, end up mm. in Hollywood. And my dad like, he literally said to me, like, if you want to make it in Hollywood, you have to sleep with someone. <laughs> <laughs> and then my response was, and your point is... <laughs> uh, yeah. So... There's a... There's a... There's a what's that? There's an indirect message there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even in Malaysia, so I heard certain, like, backstories about this. So, I'm not surprised, huh? But anyway, Shamin, it's been great having yeah, you on this. Yeah, thanks uh, for having thank me. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I'm glad that I spoke a lot of uh, film stuff with you. Yeah. Because that uh, I really know most of the stand-up stuff. Like, so I wanted to just reach out to the other side of you. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I know I'll be interviewing a lot of stand-up comics who who are don't have, like, a, as diversified portfolio as yours. So yeah. I thought... It'd be nicer to touch on the film side. Yeah. So thank you, Shamin. Uh, what for I'm going to do now? <laughs> sorry to interrupt. I'm going. Yeah, no I'm going to send you a few trailers of like Indonesian films for you to check out and like just see where they're at. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, any 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 movie which you think is good. Yeah. You can just send it to me because Ooh. like uh, again, uh, I, I don't really give a shit. But make sure it has subtitles obviously. <laughs> <laughs> don't get a gadget you have to download this torrent like for the subtitles. I said, no, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> so yeah, feel free to send me any movies. Yeah. 
Thank you so much, uh, Shamin, and uh, for those of you all who are listening, uh, if you want to catch Shamin, uh, where can they find you, Shamin? I'm on Instagram. I am Shamin. The Shamin no R. Uh. <laughs> mm. And um, yeah, I'm on Instagram, um, Twitter as well. Shamin Othman on Twitter. Yeah. Yep, just find her on social media and you get to see what her yep. what are her upcoming shows, be it live or virtually. So thank you so much, Shamin, and thank you. Mm-hmm.